Hi, welcome to the P40 podcast. I'm Shireen Vishmaya in San Francisco, California, and today is Sunday, April 9th, 2017, and I'm really excited to be sitting down with my friend and colleague Priya Kale in New York. You can find her work at cosmicdiaries.com, and um, she also does private consultations. Hey, Priya, I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Shireen. <laughs> Wonderful to be here with you. God, it's so funny that we're recording this on the day of the Mercury station. We always connect during a Mercury, but like around then, don't we? We do. That's our. That's totally our pattern. That's our thing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I know, and I, I um, I also love that you're having it's your Mer- your your natal Mercury is in Taurus. Oh, not only is it in Taurus, my natal Mercury is at four degrees of Taurus, which is exactly where this Mercury is stationing retrograde, like nine minutes away from my natal, like on the same degree. So so of course you have to be doing a podcast today. Of course I do. (laughs) I'm so happy happy I found you. Yeah, yeah, this is my favorite Taurus. My favorite Scorpio astrologer. Oh, you're my favorite Taurus. Although my other Tauruses are going to get upset, I shouldn't say that. So, yes, uh, the Mercury retrograde is stationing on my Mercury, and it's been quite an interesting few days, you know? So I'm excited to talk to you about this one. I know, me too. Um, We have so much to talk about because there's so many retrogrades happening this month. It's, like, phenomenal. And, of course, the full moon, which is out of off the charts happening oh yes (laughs) And what else? Conjunct Jupiter, no less. Yes. There's so so much going on. Yeah, everything's kind of coming up again now for us. And especially, of course, (laughs) Venus is going to station direct. So this month, April, really is such a pivotal month, isn't it? It is. And how have you been, like, since you have this natal Mercury, I'd love to hear how you've been experiencing the build up to the station. Well, I'm I'm glad you asked, actually, because it's, it's been an interesting one. First of all, uh, this is kind of funny. My brother lately has been, uh, well, not lately, but over the past few years, been studying astrology on the down low. Oh. And <laughs> lately he's gotten really into it. And I had almost even missed this retrograde coming up, which is so strange considering it's going on retrograde on my Mercury. But oh, maybe that makes sense, you know? Uh-huh. It was hiding from so you. I'd almost missed it. And he's like, wait a minute, isn't Mercury... <laughs> what are you talking about? Mercury goes retrograde on the 9th. And I said, oh my God, you know, and this was a few weeks ago. Was it because you were so wrapped up in the Venus retrograde? Yeah, I was so wrapped up in the Venus that I, I completely overlooked Mercury. But I will say this, um, it's been very intense the past few days. And the degree for this Mercury is uh, four degree, four plus Taurus, which the Sabian symbol at five Taurus is um, a widow at an open grave. Wow, yes. So it's an intense one. And just a few days ago, actually, when Mercury touched four degrees of Taurus, because it's been there for a couple of days now, yeah. I had an intense, I mean, I think it was the same day when Saturn was stationing. I'm not sure, but it was right about then. Or maybe mm-hmm. Venus had just gotten back into Pisces. Mm-hmm. It was all of this, right? Mm-hmm. But I had this intense moment of just grief, like exactly what that, you know, degree symbolizes. And I mean, of course, given that I have my Mercury at that degree, it's something that I relate with. 
Oh, There's yeah. always a sense of having to let go of the past, yes. of having of having to appreciate it, but then having to let it go. So this might, you know? be, yeah. So this might be a phase for us of looking into whatever that grave is, whatever the whatever we're mourning. Yes. And there's also, I mean, uh, which is interesting because there's always, all, it might bring up, and uh, now this is full disclosure since, uh, you know, my Mercury is at that degree. Yes. It's not about regret. I mean, I, I could say that I've lived my life without regret for the most part. But then in the past couple of days, there was this intense emotion of regret for just everything. You know, not everything. Well, okay, okay, that's a bit dramatic. But for a lot of things, you know? Oh, yeah. And which was a very strange feeling for me because I don't think I've ever experienced it quite like that before. Yes. But there was a sense of a peak, you know, mm. of just looking back at my whole life <gasps> and looking at so many things. Mm. Not that I did them wrong because I didn't know any better at the time. Mm. I did my best, mm. but in this moment today, with the wisdom that I have, just when I say wisdom, I mean through my experiences. Yes, you know. Yes, through your experience. to to be able to look back and say, "Wow, I wish I could have handled that differently, or I could have handled that differently." But um. then, beyond that regret, there's a sense of, I mean, of course, I pulled myself out of it. Not, I had to work myself out of it. Yeah, But slowly I'm coming to that sense of, okay, this happened. You've learned from this. How can you do things differently now? Mm. Mm-hmm. And because I, this is the only moment that exists. This is the only moment that exists. That's right. That's very profound. And I feel uh, with, with the Taurus archetype coming in so strongly with this Mercury retrograde that there's so much about listening to art like like the deep art of listening to our experience absolutely and see in Taurus Mercury also processes information differently because if you think of Taurus it's a very you know it ruminates yep Slows so down. like when information comes it's a process mm-hmm. you digest it mm-hmm. that's why I mean, and it's slow slow it's uh, slow and you know mm-hmm. and, uh, so sometimes, especially when it comes to thoughts, now I think the retrograde is about having to dig deeper if we're staring at this open grave, right? Ooh, yes. Yes. Then yeah. it's about digging deeper beyond even the material. Mm. It's literally like if you think of a grave, it is like we're going into the earth that's beneath the earth. Right. Such a powerful thing like the grave itself. I, it brings the image of Scorpio, which is its opposite sign, yes. right? Which is death, yes. grave. Yes, and every sign has, uh, it's an axis. Mm-hmm. So that Taurus sense of only change is constant. That's very Scorpio Taurus. Yes. And that open grave is like, here you are in this physical world and you're staring at, a, at this open grave, death. And the Taurus in us is the part that doesn't, like the change necessarily or oh, no, it resists the change <laughs> <laughs> it resists the change digs the heels in yeah but and then then you think about the earth it's it's so subtle right because under the surface of Taurus which is constant in the earth and abundance yes it's constantly changing the leaves are you know trees are growing 
there's summer, then we have fall, then we have winter. The earth is constantly changing, but it's such a slow process that we miss it. Slow and subtle process, right. And that's one of the things I love about Taurus and and specifically people with Mercury and Taurus is their ability to not only notice those nuances, but really articulate them in such a beautiful way because you're so oriented toward the beauty in the subtle change, like really listening to the subtle changes and like embracing them almost like what I love about Taurus. It's almost like it takes like the, the inevitable death and change of Scorpio and contains it in such a way, like embodies it and possesses it or does its best to possess it through capturing it through art or some medium that is trying to preserve the beauty and not allow it to change in some way. You know, like, let me capture this and hold on to it forever. (laughs) Right. That's that possessive part of Taurus, which just doesn't want to let go. It wants to hold on because it's so beautiful. So beautiful. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's the challenge. The constant challenge of Taurus and Scorpio is Maybe that's learning why we to love let art. go, learning to <laughs> allow that process of evolution to happen and yeah. trusting it, you yeah. know, because yeah. otherwise we're just going to be staring at that grave and miss the life that is around us. Mm. Mm. And yeah. so at some point, how do you honor what was, what is past, mm-hmm. but then maybe, you know, how do you embody, like you said, embody that experience and allow it to manifest through our being? Yeah. You know, let's say it's someone you've loved and lost, whether dead or alive. Yes. You know, whether it's a relationship that's dead or alive. I'm just using a relationship, for example. Yes. But what did it teach you? How did that love help you to grow as a person? Yeah. What has it changed in your consciousness? You know, otherwise, what's the point? Well, yeah. And um, if you think of the symbol of the grave, too, it's there's something I mean, because we could say, oh, you know, this relationship has changed. And actually, it's interesting that this um, Mercury retrograde, which is ruled by if we think of Mercury and Taurus, answering to the Venus energy, which is retrograde also. Absolutely. And how at the time of this station, Venus is still in a pretty tight square with Saturn. Which is right. exactly oh my God. so I feel like that might be part of the story we're going to now be integrating on the Mercury level in terms of communication. Very much so. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because I mean I'm sure we would have talked about it. But see Venus and Saturn, and I was talking about this in another video which I've not even finished. <laughs> but Venus and Saturn, if you think one is a first of all, Venus is a benefic. Yeah. Saturn's a malefic. Yeah. But Venus and Saturn are both uh, two planets that very much tie us to the material, corporeal world. Yes. Venus is our earthly pleasures, right? And yes. earthly relationships. Yes. And earthly con- or personal love. Yes. And Saturn is our mortality. And everything that is so born must time. die. Life is eternal, but everything that is born must die, you it's know? Temporality, so, yes. And then both of them are in, like Venus is in Pisces, Saturn is in Sagittarius. Both of them are in such spiritual signs, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So mutable energies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's almost like having to, you know, embody this higher love in our relationships. The higher love, yes, and the, the higher frequency. It also feels, I was talking to Lynn Bell in Paris last week, and we were talking about the, the love versus fear component of right. the square like what are we going to choose because even in the collective it's like you can feel that like 
but even in our personal relationships, are we, we going to choose fear and blame and projection or are we going to choose love and compassion, the, the higher octave of Pisces, love and compassion, forgiveness? Absolutely. I mean, and also Venus and Taurus, Mercury and Taurus, Venus and Taurus, sorry, Venus and yeah. Venus itself. It's about values. Yes. So what, what are your values beyond the physical? Again, Taurus really asks us to go beyond the material, although it's the most physical sign. Yeah. But that's the, that's the not paradox, but that's the, that, that's the secret of Taurus is you go beyond the physical. <laughs> The, the just underlying, the value in a person. Yes, yes, the underlying Scorpio secret. <laughs> Absolutely, the invisible, <laughs> ab- magical secret, mysterious secret of life. Yes. But, um, yeah, I think that with this, uh, you know, all the le- retrograde planets, Venus about to station direct, Mercury going retrograde, we're just really having to reevaluate. Mm. Our relationships, for sure, fine. Well, depending on where Taurus is in your chart, right? So you will get a sense of all of that looking at your individual charts. But I think there's a lot of reevaluation, and it's about your self-worth. Yes, so much about the self. Underlying, like, the self-love and the self-worth are huge components. I mean, huge teachings of the Venus retrograde. Um, but also it's interesting now that Venus retrograde is answering to the Jupiter and Libra, which is a yeah. part of this yes. full moon. We also have to add, the story is very complicated. So now, oh, yes. <laughs> which I love, I love, of course, this is a Scorpio, Mercury and me opposite. Absolutely. I want, I want to like un- uncover all the like pieces of this. Um, so yeah. it's, like, it's so fun. So tomorrow we have, I mean, this full moon, right? Oh my God. Yeah. In this we, I mean, Pluto is a major player in this full moon, which is... He, and it's all exaggerated with Jupiter there, like yeah. you said, yeah. Yeah, Jupiter, which did you see in the sky last night? So beautiful. Oh, I tried to get a picture, but yeah, didn't work as well. Stunning, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, it, if, so what I was trying to um, kind of hone in on is this idea of, okay, so if this Venus retrograde um, journey we've been on is is now reaching a point of, okay, bringing in the, the Jupiter and Libra component in this full moon as well, of looking at, okay, so what, how is the balance going on in relationships and where's the justice? Right. Where's the justice in these, in these different relationships we're having? Like the balance between right. what's, what's been just, what's been unjust, what is, what is the karmic balance is what it feels like to me. Uh, you're right. I mean, with that, uh, uh, yes. Yes, I mean, as you're saying that, I'm I'm reflecting as well on you know recent experiences with clients and people and even you myself. A lot of this, right? Right, and but look, the sun is in Aries. Yes. So it begins with the self. Yes. And all retrograde planets, ultimately, yes, they talk about the past and resolving the past, but it's ultimately an introspective. It's a time to turn your gaze inward. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think agree. that all of these entanglements, because it feels like, you know, we've <laughs> woven some messy webs. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way to put <laughs> you know? it. Entangled. And we're having it's to so clean entangled. up It's so entangled. Yes. It's very entangled. That Venus Saturn square is just, and in Pisces, it's so entangled. So entangled. There's so many aspects to a, you know, to yes. a situation. Yes. So that it's factors. not, it doesn't seem clear and straightforward. Yeah. So, so I think that the sun in Aries really is a chance of, and the full moon even, 
if we want to find that balance, it's really a chance to pull back inward yeah. and be very brutally honest with yourself. Well, you know? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Aries piece of it, especially yeah. with the sun will be very close to Uranus. Yes. At this full moon. So it's it's such a push and pull feeling between, okay, so that's a very independent energy, isn't it? It's a very it pioneering, like, go forward, be with the self, be true to the self. In opposition, in opposition to what about the relationship? What about the balance? But what about that's the, the thing? Other? We're learning now that none of us are truly independent. We're no. all interdependent. Yes, yes. You know, and that that so you can't say you're completely independent because you're not. Yeah, that's the. Illusion. It's one thing to have a sense of self and self awareness, and hopefully, you know, not hopefully. Ultimately, the journey is of self realization. Yes. But we are interdependent. So our choices do affect others, you yes. know, and it's not even others because if if the sun represents the center of the solar system, if the sun is the center of the solar system, in a chart, if the sun represents you in a sense, you know, this is your life. You are the center of this life. But you're, So if anything is imbalanced in it, before you try to correct something outside of yes, yourself, yes, you've got to find that within, that balance within. Yes, that's the dance right now, and it, it it's so true. We can't we can't the the. I mean, this is the biggest. You know, I think one of yeah. the most powerful teachings is that yeah, it, we the the level of influence we can have in the outer world really there's nothing we can do by going out you know externally and trying to fix or change something without doing without doing the inner work first and um and then at the same time realizing that everything we do I mean the reason that that it's not selfish to go inward and work on the self because everything we do then reverberates like you were saying like the interdependence is the the, the Jupiter and Libra is the karmic consequences of all of our actions and realizing that it reverberates. There's a re- there are repercussions. Exactly, and it's uh, you can't be selfish. It's self-aware because if you're selfish, then ultimately you're still throwing off a balance. You yes. know, yeah. you it will come back to haunt you or hurt you if yeah. you are selfish. Because unless everyone wins, nobody wins. Right, right. So it has to be a win-win with the Jupiter. It has and Libra. to be a win-win. Jupiter only but, loves the win-win. So yeah, relationships are certainly, certainly coming into it. And I think it comes down to our values. Yes. And how, and how we do relationships, but it starts with the relationship with ourselves. That's a good point. Like with the Aries, I I hadn't been thinking so much about that. It got kind of hidden. It's so funny when we're trying to look at this, it's always like, so natural for the psyche to kind of have these prejudice, you know, one side or the other of the the spectrum. Yeah. The way we look at something, I'm just thinking about that. The way we perceive it's like, to hold the the opposites, as Jung says, how do we, you know, it's hold, yeah. the, hold the tension of the opposites without choosing sides. That's the, I feel that's like that's the, the highest art of Jupiter and Libra. I mean, the other interesting thing, like you said, the sun will be conjunct uh, Uranus, right? Yep. And Mercury during this retrograde and direct station, I mean, during this whole retrograde phase, yeah. will be conjunct Uranus two more times. That's right. And, And Mercury entered shadow on, maybe you can list the dates down of the whole Mercury transit later for people who are listening. Yeah. But Mercury entered shadow on the 27th of March 
just hours before, like maybe 12 hours before the new moon in Aries. Yeah, that's right. And then it's going to be conjunct Uranus twice at the end of April and then early May. Mm -hmm. So I think it, I mean, it would be helpful for people to look back to see what was happening at the end of March. Yes, you know, begin the opening of the story. Yeah. And then, yeah, to kind of see maybe what some of the key themes are that we'll be working on. That's a good point. And it's interesting that it was so close to the new moon and this is now, you know, approaching the full moon with the opposite energy to think about. So also thinking about where the Aries and Libra polarity exists within your horoscope will also help to understand the story. Right. And I think even this Aries Libra is about not, not being afraid to, and, and plus the Mercury, right? Yeah. Is stationed retrograde. Mercury is about communication. It's about choices. Yeah. Saturn is just stationed retrograde and will be retrograde all, all the way till August. This is the last year. Then we're moving straight into Capricorn. That's Saturn right. Saturn and Capricorn. That's right. I can't, can you imagine? So mm-hmm. it's, I think it's a, it's a chance to like course correct. And really look at which direction we're heading in. And if we're saying we want something, then are our actions really, you know, reflecting that? Yes. Or are we just repeating patterns again? Well, with all these retrogrades, I feel this is, it's make it or break it time with the patterns. Like we have to bring these patterns into consciousness now. Like it's such an opportunity. We We don't want to waste this opportunity to really step back and reflect on which patterns need to be broken. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's been a real... And I think the other thing also, which has been coming up for me, I don't know if other people are experiencing this, it's, it's a sense of, okay, and I think this is in general, which is we tend to, you know, let's say there's a relationship in your life. And yeah, there's emotions. Yes, there's feelings. And you want to make it work, but for whatever reason, you're not finding that balance. And we're, you know, we keep trying to work this out with this other person. Right. And that's the part about going inward, which is saying, okay, what do I want? Yes. No, not who, but wait, what do I want? Yes. And then not being afraid to express that. Yes. And not being, because if that person is not uh, okay with it, or does not agree with you, or does not want to give you that, or whatever that is. Yes. As scary as it is, it's better that you know now. It's better you look into the open grave and and mourn it and move on. Yes, rather than live in it. Right, otherwise you're living in the grave. (laughs) Right. Otherwise you might as well go and take a nap there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> curl up, curl up and bring some snacks, you know, bring some snacks for the Taurus, have some chocolate <laughs> and just ride it out. Until, until we ask for what we That's want. That's what I do. That's my problem. I hang out in the grave for like 10 years <laughs> waiting for the, waiting for. Hey, listen, my I have Mercury at four degrees of Taurus. That is what I do. <laughs> That's, why just been about That's why we're friends. That grave. That's why we're friends. <laughs> So, it's, I mean, it's, it's that consciously, like every day, just, you know, consciously letting things go and making yeah. space for life. Yeah. Yeah. Letting go. It's a major letting go time. Oh, my God. And especially with Pluto squaring the full moon. Well, that's, I mean, we can see it globally. I'm not even going to get oh, into no. politics and I stuff. Know. But, you know, the world is changing. Well, all of these things we just talked about in terms of, you know, we were, we were, 
addressing it more on the personal level, but everything we just spoke of really then speaking of reverberation, it reverbs out into the political, the collective, all of that, like the fear versus love, the choices, the karmic imbalance, the repercussions of, you know, our choices and where, if we're going to just look at what's good for me versus what's good for we and thinking like that, you know, there's not realizing that everything we do is, we can't, we're not an island. So when politics are operated like that, like thinking like, I mean, the the way our country's being run is if like the United States could just be its own, own, you know, elite island. (laughs) Nobody, nobody can get in. Nobody can get out. It's 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 oh my god! I mean, it feels so surreal. The whole world scene. It just. I saw the astrology coming up, but to live it is a whole other thing. I know. I know it. I know. So, but I mean, I think it's important now that people are going to probably be having a lot of conversations. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, Mercury was knocking on my head right please, now. Please, please, I want your Mercury to go. You can, you can knock. <laughs> I think, yeah, people are going to have to have really honest conversations with whoever. And I'm not just saying with your lovers or romantic relationships, but all your one-to-one relationships, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Where not being afraid to be honest and at the same time, not being because, yes, Taurus can be stubborn, right? Why is yeah. Taurus stubborn? Yeah. Because it's the earth. You can't push the earth. Like, try it. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. You, can, you know? You can, but you can dig. You can plant a seed. Yeah. So I'm giving away Taurus secrets, people. All right. We love the secrets. Bring it. Yeah. I'm giving away Taurus secrets. Bring the secrets. If you want a Taurus to do something... You've got to let them think it was their idea. <laughs> <laughs> same, with Scor- same with Scorpio. We're the same. Yeah, you just have to plant a seed yeah. and then nurture it and yeah. be patient and let it grow. Yeah. But now, even if you're not a Taurus, it's the same thing with Mercury. <laughs> if yeah. there's something that you're trying to seed, you know, yeah, something might take a little longer, but plant that seed yeah. and then you have to nurture it and then be patient. And be patient. Well, this is a great advice for how to navigate this whole Mercury retrograde terrain. I mean, to literally think of it as we're kind of we're having to move through mud. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a very muddy gravy kind of like it's like the image I'm getting now is you're looking into the open grave and it's also muddy. And, you know, exactly. You oh, can't wow. really move. <laughs> no, no. Wow. That's that's beautiful. It's true. So but. And also, I I would think that, you know, it's almost like you're suddenly seeing the value in things. Mm -hmm. Maybe that regret, Mm. you know, that Mm. if if there is, I'm not saying everybody is experiencing that. But if there's there's been that sense of regret, it's also seeing the deeper value in something. Yes, yes. Really, Really appreciating the value and the beauty of something in a way that you hold it really deeply sacred. Exactly. And then... You know, which will help you then in your journey of seeing that deeper value in everything that you see. Yes. Another thing that's coming up probably for people is money. Oh, yeah. You know, of course. The when you're talking about values and, and Mercury and Taurus. Taurus is definitely money situations, isn't it? Yeah, with, with the Saturn square. Mm-hmm. I think it's been tough. Yeah. It's been tough. But I, I think, again, it's all... It's about piercing honesty. Like, where are you spending your money? 
maybe this is very mundane, but I'm just going to say it. It's like, where are you spending your money? And that Saturn is asking for a container. Yes. And boundaries and limits. And well, actually my astrology mentor, one of the things I love that he used to say about Saturn, Edwin Steinbrecher, God bless, rest his soul. He used to say that, you know, Saturn, because everyone thinks Saturn is so limiting. And he said, you know, actually it's not that he said, if you give Saturn a reason, if you say like, if you give Saturn a budget, he's like the good father. If you give him a budget and you say, this is what I need and this is why I need it, he'll come through. It's just that if he thinks it's wasteful or doesn't actually have a usefulness and it's out of alignment with your integrity, then he's right. going gonna to put the brakes on. So I think with a Venus-Saturn square happening at the same time, we have to look at, okay, well, what's out of alignment with our integrity? Where are we being wasteful? Do Are we even clear on what we need the money for, why we need it, what we're going to use it for. Right. And maybe I'm jumping, but humility is another thing with Saturn. Oh, yes. And I don't know how that ties in, but humility is also very Taurus straight. Yes. Oh, is it? How, how so? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the earth, right? Okay. It's humble. It's oh, the earth. You're down to earth. Down to earth, yes. Very, down to earth, yes. That I yeah, down to earth, you know, that humility. Oh, Okay. It's that. also very Taurus trait. I love that. I never thought of Taurus as humble. I always think of them as like strong. But the earth, I get that, like bowing down. like the Yeah, they're, they're just down to earth, down I would to say. Earth for sure, for sure. And it's that humility where, okay, they just, it's think of the earth. The earth is not boasting of having trees and mountains. It's just there. Exactly, exactly. I love that. You know, it's just there. She, do, she doesn't need to boast. She's, she's just beautiful <laughs> and abundant, yeah. Right? Yes. So how do you know your own value and worth of your ideas? Like, let's say things are moving backward or, you know, whatever's coming up for you. Yeah. It's understanding the value of what is. Yes. And then you, you know, not, you don't have to undervalue it because with the Venus retrograde, it's all of those things of, you know, how do you not undervalue yourself? How do you not sell yourself short, whether it's financially with your work yes. or with your relationships? Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of evaluation of those things going on right now. Absolutely. And that's been in all the conversations with clients recently. Everyone's really looking at that with jobs, with relationships, with investments, with commitments. Right. And it's also understanding, like, not everybody, you know, is Mount Everest. Yeah. I could be a mango tree. Yeah. But it's still as, you know, I could be, you know, do be the best mango tree I can be but that's that part about nurturing yourself and I guess maybe the humility also comes in with with mercury about keeping an open mind yes keeping an open mind because yeah the Taurus can be mercury and Taurus do you feel I mean since you were born with that do you feel how how do you process information are you do you feel stubborn in your mind do you do you take it really slow (laughs) (laughs) well I'm the wrong person to ask you should probably ask other people (laughs) they probably say yes (laughs) You won't, you won't admit it. Well, right? I like to say it's not that I'm stubborn. I'm just right. Right. But of course, I mean, we're, we're taking this out no, of context. Okay, we, don't, we don't know the house and the aspects to your Mercury. So it's kind sure. of like very no, poor, poor astrology. Okay. I, I do have Mercury square Saturn. Yes, that makes a difference. And I have Mercury opposite Uranus. And Mercury conjunct my moon and Chiron. So my Mercury is pretty intense. Oh, yeah. See, there's so much going on there, right? I was also born like two hours after a station direct Mercury. Can you ah, believe it? Okay. Now it's ah. stationing retrograde on my Mercury. So it's, ah, it's, it's... That's an interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, and how old, how old were you when you moved from India, by the way? I moved to New York when I was 22, just oh, after oh. my 22nd birthday. Oh, okay, so you lived mostly in... We'll, we'll, get Sorry? Back to, we'll get back to that. I want to ask you about that. Okay. Yeah, please do. Okay. Please do. Uh, no, this important thing that I want to say about Mercury, about how I process information. Yes, yeah. it's very slow. Yeah. So it takes me a long time to make a decision. Okay. But once I've made that decision, like I can, people can think I'm very indecisive. You know, I could appear very indecisive. I also have Jupiter and Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Once I make that decision, it's made. But that the thing with Taurus and Mer- Mercury Taurus is it will really like because it's so slow to process information. Yeah, it will take a long time mm-hmm. to really chew on an idea and yeah. to really see if it's wholesome yeah. and if it's worth it. Mm. If if okay, if I'm gonna invest this because Taurus has the quality of inertia, right, which yeah. can be hard to get moving. But once yeah. you've gotten it moving, it can be hard to stop. Yes. So, like Mars and Taurus has been good because right now it's kind of, it moves that energy a little bit. Oh, right. Which is a good point also that it's interesting how Mercury before the station was applying to Mars, but now he's going yes. to back off of Mars. So it's like maybe there was this kind of confronting energy that was starting to happen mentally. And then now there's this retreat. Oh, that's that's true. I hadn't thought about. Like that. I can I can tell you that I remember. Um, for me, it was very sudden. I ended up going. I had a, like a sudden trip to California, but I remember when the Mercury Uranus opposition, sorry, conjunction happened. Um, I got into a heated not argument, but conversation with someone, mm. and it was very enlightening. It was not an yeah again. It wasn't yeah. an argument, but it was a burst okay. of energy. You know, nice. it was very awakening. Okay, where there was a sense of like, but that was in Aries. Yeah. So the sense of things having suddenly come out, yeah. which you didn't expect, and now you're having to digest them. Like, oh, wait a minute, what yep. was that? Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the sense I'm getting. Um, also, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I was trying to think of what was the other part of your question earlier. Mm. we're processing information so yeah it takes me a long time to process yeah. information yeah yeah but Just once i've made that it. choice then it's you can better believe that i've thought of every damn thing before i've made that choice yes, yes. i thought of every damn person in the equation before i've made that choice yes i was also thinking i don't know if this is true but i was wondering if mercury since it's opposite of my natal mercury so I, i'm trying, yeah. i can only imagine what a mercury in taurus is like <laughs> but it feels to me like it's inviting us to listen through like to communicate through all five senses i always think of taurus as yes. so much in the body so instead of yes. communicating just with words it's like slowing it down enough to look at body language and the tone of the voice and the the yes. quality of the moment you know on on a like a textural somatic sensation level. Yes. And, oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty powerful. That's true. Because, and you, they also say it's the mind body, right? The mind body. Yeah. I love that. I love anything to do with embodiment, I think, because it is my opposite and it's my inferior function is the sensation function, sensation function. Yeah. I'm all water. So I love yeah, it. I'm so, drawn, I'm so drawn to the earth. So to me, I'm like, wow, this is such an amazing opportunity to move into this real earthy, slowed 
down realm of living back into this the sensual body. Yeah. Of communication, communicating more, less with words, less heady, which I think, you know, I like the Venus component of the communication. Definitely. Definitely. No, you know, I feel very, in spite of the big, as difficult and challenging as relationships have been, Mm -hmm. I think that this can be a really helpful and healing time for relationships. Yes. But it's important that people start to self-reflect on, you know, not be so defensive. Yes. Not be so worried about trying to prove a point. Yes. Or be heard. That's a really important point. Yes. Like, and we all want to be heard. We all want to be validated. We all want that, of we, course. We want to be right more than we want to be happy is the problem sometimes. Right. And it, it's about just softening. It's, it's, an, it's a softening. Softening, because yeah. Gentle. Taurus is very gentle. Taurus is very gentle. It's receptive. Yeah. So when it comes to Mercury being retrograde in Taurus, it's about re- being receptive. Receptivity. I love that. Like listening to what people are saying. Sometimes it helps too when you're in conflict, you know, and you're going into like a verbal battle and you're trying so much to, like you said, be right or, you know, be stubborn and be defensive. It can help if you actually just think phys- like of the person's physical body, like think of the physical connection. Like, you know how they say, like, yeah. you can imagine, what is that? There's, there's actually a technique where you imagine taking the person's hands and looking into their eyes and being like, I love you. I forgive you. I'm sorry. That kind right. of approach we could think of. I mean... it's a beautiful image even collectively to think of like trying to heal all this world tension you know like if there could just be like that's why we have Alma the hugging saint she hugs everybody and so it's all the physical she's the Taurus moon so it's all about oh that's that's amazing bringing people back to the physical the love instead of being in your head and you know people need to be touched you know and uh, yes Mercury is a mental planet but then in Taurus, it's like, okay, paying attention to, like you said, it's the tone of your voice. It's how you say something, not just what you're saying. Yes. You know, listening to what people are saying. Maybe also part of it is looking, going deeper to uproot perceptions yes. that don't serve you. Yes, that's the grave too, isn't it? That's the grave too. It's like you have these decaying perceptions and it reminded me of the uh, Ooh, I love that. painting. De- decaying perceptions. I love that. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's the, you know, the Dali painting, which is that, um, the, the, not persistence of memory. There's the one with the ants on the, on the <gasps> clock. Oh yes, 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 yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Which one is that? I don't remember the title. Yes. But yeah, we'll it's, it it's that, it's the mind that, you know, it, it, what are the perceptions and decaying matter and the stuff that's in your mind, the grave Yes. that needs to be cleaned out? Yes. What needs to be cleaned out and, and what needs, I love what you said about the softening too, like what needs some softening and more gentle approach and more, more beauty brought in, like, right. Mm-hmm. And, and also to listen to the body because a lot of times there's conversations that are happening or arguments that are happening or miscommun especially during mercury retrograde miscommunication and we're when that's all happening often we're not even in our body in right. our body we're not even listening we're not right. you have to be in the body to really listen you have to be really embodied to actually listen and I think Taurus reminds us of that. 
Yes. And one way, like it sounds so simple and most people know this, but I'm going to say it because it's obvious. It's grounding yourself is literally bringing yourself back to the moment. Even if you're in a room by yourself, touch something, you know, that touch that table in front of you, touch, get a glass of water, drink something, like get into your physical space. Yes. Because nothing exists out of it. Like that is your reality. Yes. You know, and then take Call it from spirit. there. And that's helpful when things get a very overwhelming as well. Yeah, to slow down, ground. The whole grounding, yeah, grounding exercises are number one for when we feel out of body. Right. To call the spirit back into the body. This is also an excellent time for body work, I would say, during this. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, look, now the sun, yes, we're going to come into the full moon in Libra. Yeah. And then we're moving to the Taurus new moon. At that's, the end of the month, Mercury right. will still be retrograde right. at the time. Yeah, we're just going to go deeper into the Taurus energies. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, the next three weeks as Mercury does this whole retrograde thing. So Mercury will station direct on the 3rd of May in Aries and then out of shadow on the 20th of May. Uh, on the 20th is when the shadow ends. Yeah. Yes. I think when, it uh, re-enters Taurus on the 16th of May, which is my birthday. Yay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and when does so the, yeah that's right and when does the when does mars leave taurus because we'll have this we'll be 21st of april okay so that's okay that's pretty soon 21st of april and not only so 21st of april mars leaves hold on is that how it, i didn't realize it was that soon already wow that went fast yeah that went really fast okay yeah and mercury will on the same day, no mercury is fine 21st yes Okay. I think Mercury re-enters Aries at the same time. So that's interesting. Mo- Mars enters Mercury's sign and Mercury enters Aries. Mars' uh-uh. sign. Uh-uh. Yeah, that is really interesting. They'll be in- We've had a lot of these mutual receptions happening. Oh, but that's interesting because see, Mars and Mercury are currently in Taurus, right? Again, yep. values, values, yep. values. Yep. Once they enter mm-hmm. Aries and Gemini, Gemini. respectively, Ooh. then it's like, okay, communicating. How do I communicate? What is important to me? Oh, yep. That's going to change. And how do I find middle ground? Yeah, yeah. Common ground, middle ground. And that's the, that's really the, the essence right now, the middle ground. How do I find middle ground? But what's also interesting to me is that right now, both Mercury and Mars are in Taurus. Yes. So it's like you're already on middle ground. But we're need to, you, we, we need to at you, least be on the ground, even if we're still Yeah, maybe you have to focus on what's, you know, what you have in common first. Yes, common ground. Focus that. on that and then maybe build on that. Or can you build on that? Can you build on the common ground? And it takes two. Maybe that's another thing of the Libra, right? It takes two. Yes. It's, there's always, it takes two to tango, right? That's it takes Libra two to tango, sense. whatever, yeah. whether the situation is something you love or hate. It's your so, part of it. It's so funny because in, uh, at the end of May, I'm going to, every year I go to these Jungian odysseys in, um, in Switzerland they're like a journey. They're they're like the it's like a Jungian retreat basically. But the, yeah. they're always really tapped into the collective unconscious, which is what I love. And they're doing the theme is the other this year. Oh wow! Which is so perfect. And I feel like that if we had to encapsulate what all of this is about, it's like what is our relationship to the other, the other inside of us. I mean, obviously in Jungian, absolutely, terms, the other is our the whole alchemy of the inner marriage. Ah, <sighs> so I am. That's so fascinating. And now you made me think of what I'm doing because so starting from the 3rd of May to the 15th of May, I'm going to be in Georgia at a uh, 
fire ceremony, mm. a traditional Vedic fire ceremony mm. with my guru, mm. Sri Amma Karunamai. I love that. Which, so for 10 days, we're going to be doing homas and, you know, doing mantras and I'm so excited. Oh, that's it's, it's an extremely powerful time. Yeah, so that's perfect timing for that. It is perfect timing for that. I mean, <gasps> being renewed in, in the heart, yeah, you know. That's wonderful. I love that. Yeah. But so where yeah. were we about Mercury? Sorry, I didn't mean to digress. No, no, but that's actually that. Well, no, it's perfect, actually, segue, because I wanted to ask you, because I thought it's so interesting that you grew up, you said your grandfather was a Vedic astrologer. You grew up in India. Yes. In, in Bombay or Mumbai. Yes. Um, and um, with, with a Vedic astrologer. So how was that? Because, I mean, you must have thought your Mercury was in Aries all this time before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It was so confusing. So, yes, my so my father's father was an astrologer, Jyotish, Vedic astrologer. I never met him. He passed away before I was born. Oh, okay. But... So he, I mean, and he was a pretty well-known astrologer in Bombay. My my dad, like my uncles and aunts, whatever, they have stories where they would wake up in the morning and the kids were, there were seven kids, there were seven of them, but they had to be really quiet because like from eight o'clock in the morning, there'd be people sitting in the living room waiting for their turn with my grandfather oh. to see my grandfather. Oh. But isn't that cool? I love that. Yeah. yeah really so cool. really that cool. that's. I have just loved astrology from the day I was born. Like, I can't remember a time when I didn't love yeah. astrology. Yeah. So I guess it was in my blood. It's in your blood. And my parents, my mother's <laughs> great-grandfather was also an astrologer. Ah. So, I, yeah, it is in my blood. I never thought it would be a profession. But at the same time, it was so natural when it happened at my Saturn return. That's when you started at your Saturn return. Yeah, professionally. Okay. I mean, I'd been studying it pretty much all my life. I think I my studies intensified when I was about in my twenties. But did you did you grow up studying um, Jyotish or did you? So yeah, good. so interestingly, growing up, I mean, of course, and my mother is very in, like loves astrologers, so we yeah. would always have astrologers over. Oh, okay. But naturally, in India, you know, most of the astrologers are Jyotish. So ah, okay. You know, I was around a lot of Vedic astrologers and had a lot of readings or heard a lot of readings. But the books at the time, like now we have the internet and information is so available. But back then, the books for Vedic astrology were just very intense and nothing that a five-year-old could understand, you know. So I ended up studying Western astrology because it was easier to access it was easier to access, yes. Yeah, it was easier easier to find books on, you know, it was easier to, like for a five-year-old, I can grasp sun signs easily. But yes, yes. it's harder to get into a Vedic astrology book, you know? So that's how I kind of started into Western astrology. Ah, okay. But I, I was that. also always very familiar with Vedic astrology. So it was almost like, you know, being yeah. Indian, you'll speak three languages. Right. <laughs> So I speak, I speak two languages. Uh I don't practice Jyotish. Hopefully someday I will. Uh I just don't feel fluent enough in it yet. Okay. I know I want, I'm trying to learn also. Yeah. It's, it's It's so so deep. I mean, when you start getting into it, like I've been studying it more and more lately and I can, where earlier it was hard for me to, you know, switch between my Western and Vedic chart. Yeah. Now I can see it. I can see my Vedic chart kind of coming alive. Yes. As well. 
Yes. And um, it's so interesting that we're, we're both going to be at this conference. Yes. India. I love it. Because <laughs> we've been trying to meet in India for years. We've been trying to meet up in India. For yes, years. we have. But and it's... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Shreen, go on. No, no, I was just going to say in that we're um, we're going to be, I was just wondering how you feel being at the conference that you're representing the Western track. I think that's so cool. Yes, it's such an <laughs> honor. It really is because, you know, on the one hand, I dreamed of, well, not dreamed of being at a conference and speaking at a conference, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great honor. First of all, to be with all the astrologers, and then especially that it's in India. I love it. It's like it's coming home, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it feels like that for me too, even though I'm from. I know. I feel like I'm more you're almost there. you're like Indian. I know. I feel I was like more excited about that than any other conferences. You don't, you've been to India more than I have in the past two years. I'm so jealous. Oh, you're gonna, but you're gonna be going back a lot more now. It's, I will, it's my I will, transits. Definitely. My transits have brought me. Thank God. When, no, once it's I started again. And Shireen, yeah. you're. I think you're. North Node is on my IC or something, which is, is India. It is, yeah. So that's interesting. I know. I love that. We have all these little connections. India but brings us together. Yeah. But, I well, I don't know if that was uh, that answered <laughs> your question, but that's how I kind of got into astrology. And so Vedic astrology, my relationship over it, over time with it has changed yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know, where initially it was like, wait a minute, if these guys know all of this, first of all, how can they make these predictions? Mm. And if they're going to make those predictions, then I trust myself more than I trust you. So right, right. <laughs> I'll study it. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. You know? Yeah. And the prediction, the prediction aspect is just so fascinating. Like when the karma, the karma's ripen and it's, it's really amazing. It really is. And, and that's maybe another thing that, you know, brings us back to our topic of discussion, yeah. Yeah. which is, we don't have control. Yeah. We only have the illusion of control, which is very Taurus and Scorpio. Yes, it is. It's a very Taurus and Scorpio teaching, which is, you know, life is happening. We don't control when we're born. Yeah. We have no control over our death. Yeah. And we just think we have control over what happens in between. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> you know? We do. Yeah, we think it, it is the illusion of control. And maybe that's another part of that Mercury, you know, at the open grave, widow at the open grave. Mm. Yeah, well, the widow part we haven't really talked about, but it's like... We haven't talked about that. Losing, losing your husband or losing your partner, which that, right. that, it's so think about the, that. the Venus-Saturn square. Venus-Saturn square. Happens. And it's about something that is... You, I mean, if you think about it, that's the ultimate connection, right? Yeah. Union. Yeah, in lo terms lo of losing your union. Losing your union in the flesh. In the flesh, like you, like, like maybe it's about yeah. So you lose the the physical version of that. The, so physical, the physical, exactly. We have to then work on the inner marriage. We don't have exactly to rely on the outer because the outer partner will always die. Exactly. Like, like no matter what, everything, yeah. every relationship dies or changes. Yeah. Whether the person physically, like literally, dies. Yeah. Or you know your relationship ends, which is like a death. Yes. And we, so, come, we come and go alone in this world. And in fact, sometimes a relationship ending is more painful to the ego than death. Because death, at least you're like, okay, he's dead. <laughs> so this is like, oh, he left me. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> so, you, can't take a, you can't take the death personally. 
<laughs> it can't take the death personally. The leaving me is that yeah. even worse. <laughs> so, but there's that sense of loss, right? That widow yeah. who's been yeah. so who's been but when you think of wid- widow whether it's whether you were really married whether the person really died yeah, yeah it's that sense of union where you thought that this shall be forever yes exactly exactly but then you learn the impermanence of the material world yes and that's what i mean both of us with both of our gurus that's what they both teach i mean there's a yeah ama has this my ama we say the almost uh yeah has this, <laughs> this budget yeah about one of my favorite ones about you know this sweetheart that you thought was so like you know yours forever like she won't even want anything to do with you when she sees your dead body <laughs> right <laughs> she'll be terrified I mean, by your dead my body my mom always says she's like only god's love is permanent yes mm-hmm. every other love will die it will die it will mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i mean the love remains but mm-hmm. every other relationship yeah is going to die in that sense every yeah. every physical relationship you have is going to die yeah so it's appreciating in fact and then cherishing the rare fleeting precious moments we have with each other yes and you know keeping those in our heart and learning everything yes and then how do you turn decaying matter into compost so something new can be born mm-hmm. that that's a beautiful way to put this process that's a beautiful image that's a good image, right? Like it's how, it how do we work it? with yeah. this energy now? Well, and I feel like going back to what we were saying in the beginning too, like one of the the beautiful one thing I've learned from living so much through the Taurus Scorpio archetypes because that's most of my my essence and yours too. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you can yes. is the whole destruction creation theme, like Absolutely. that we're destroying to recreate, and that. I think that's why we have such a, like when we're in those energies, why we have such a strong need to find that creative outlet. So maybe that's also yes. very important during this time as we're feeling so much. And even collectively, we're feeling so much of our stability and our security being ripped, torn down. Oh my God. Torn down and destroyed, <sighs> destroyed before our very eyes. Like we're not, feeling, yes. we're not feeling very secure. I think, no, no, I think no. we're all kind of looking into an open grave right now, which is our old reality yes. of what we thought was safety. And yes. so what is the answer? This is usually when the beautiful, the most beautiful art gets created because we have to take those feelings and that, that terror of destruction and try to recreate something beautiful. Oh my God. Yes. It's, it's like, and you love to paint, don't you? Oh, I love to paint. And it's funny. Yeah. I've been painting a lot lately, so yeah. I'm happy about that. I love seeing your paintings and me too. I have to like, that's what's been saving me is the art, like the drawings and the dancing. And and I always say I paint when I can't write. Yes. Like when I can't express oh. myself, I paint like in words. Me too. So maybe that's another helpful thing for this Mercury Taurus yes, phase, it's given it's happening sensual. on my Mercury. Yes. Cause painting is so much more sensual. Like it's like a way, like in you're in the body, you're expressing through your whole body and through, right. like, through your senses, through color, through texture. Right. That's beautiful. That's a very, uh, yeah. Another thing that can happen with this Mercury and Taurus is, again, I mentioned it earlier, but it's that inertia. So it's about being stuck. Like, okay, grieving is a process. You can't hurry the process of Mm -hmm. grieving. You You can't can't just, you know, bury it because it's going to resurface. So you have to do it consciously. But at the same time, you can't allow yourself to get stuck. You can't allow yourself to get stuck. And you can't, one thing I know about Taurus, they hate being rushed. 
Oh God, anything, being don't rushed. rush me. The rush is the word. You don't ever rush a Taurus or force. Don't force rush or rearrange their, their possessions. <laughs> or, or just take them or just steal their stuff. You can't do any of those things. If you, if you don't want to, if you want to destroy your relationship with the Taurus, you do those three things. <laughs> and, and for the most part, you know, Taurus is like, if you leave them alone, they're happy. Yeah. Like, they love you, but love just you. leave them alone. Don't, don't poke and prod and, don't you know. Push. Don't push, be patient, yeah. Yeah, don't push, be patient. If you've asked for something, yes, then be patient. Go. Yes. My Taurus friends always teach me that, like, back off. <laughs> don't push. <laughs> don't ask me again. <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yes, I love that about Taurus. Yeah, it's really helped me. Mm. so yeah I think it's it's yeah. about you know very honest communication and yes. uh, not being afraid to look at what was uh, just appreciating a lot of gratitude a lot of appreciation, appreciation for what has been for what is yeah for what is being present appreciating the beauty in the moment and being really grounded I think is the key to this time yes and enjoying how things, if we can find a way to slow down, because everyone always panics about the Mercury retrograde, but people should be celebrating it because we need to slow down. Like we need a break from all this frenzy and communication madness and texting and yeah. and social media. And it's a good time to like, I think I have a feeling you're going to see a lot of people, you know how you always see people like, hi, everybody, I'm taking a break from Facebook. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of those like, love you, going to be gone for a couple weeks or months. Or People always come back, though. They always, people always make these dramatic exits and then you see they're back on. That's true. <laughs> this month later. also gives me a sense of, you know, reaching a cliffhanger. It's like we've been shown the edge of a cliff. Yeah. And we've reached, not the end of a road, but we've reached with that Saturn retrograde, Mercury retrograde. Now mm -hmm. Venus going direct. It's all in dominoes, right? It's moving yeah. in succession. Yeah. So there's a sense of, okay, you've reached the end of a road yeah, and you can continue. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a goal is in sight. If you, if you like where you're headed, then that's fine, but there might be detours to take. Yeah. But if you don't like where you're going, then this is a great opportunity to really course correct, you know, course correct. before you fall off. Yes. It is a huge course correction. And and reflection in crossroads does feel yes. like major crossroads. Yes. Definitely crossroads. And we'll be coming back. I mean, once Saturn is direct and moving forward, all of this is going to culminate again at the end of the year. So That's right. I think this month is so pivotal That's right. in making that first turn. Yeah, I think so too. And then we have the, the follow-up Venus Saturn square in October, isn't it? Oh, is it in October? I, I missed that. I haven't I checked so. that yet. I think so. I don't have the ephemeris in front of me, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I could look it up really quickly, but and yeah, so it's are, a big yeah. month, and uh, month. we could. Should I really look quickly at the direct sure, that's a chart? Good, that's a good. Oh, we can end on that note. The last, the other thing I was just going to say. Can you also look up? I think that this Mercury, when Mercury comes out of his shadow, is that at the same time as the Scorpio full moon? So we have that kind of polarity again. Yes. Wow. Yes. So uh, yeah, let me just get into that really quickly. So Mercury uh, is now retrograde, and we'll include these dates. But Mercury stations direct. Yeah, on yeah. the 3rd of May yeah, and yeah. we'll be at 24 Aries, Uranus is at 25. So almost immediately we're going to have the Mercury-Uranus conjunction. Okay. That is good. So I would fast. say watch the dates around the 3rd of May because there's stuff coming up for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but then 
we have the full moon on the Scorpio full moon is coming up. Yeah, that's the, on the tenth of, of May, exactly yeah. when Mercury. Uh, yeah, on the tenth of May yeah. is the Scorpio full moon. Yeah. At the time, Mercury is at twenty six Aries, so that's where Mercury was when it entered shadow. How does that? That ah. can't be correct, is it? Where he entered the shadow, so he won't clear until he gets to the fourth of. I mean, he gets to four tours. Yeah, Mercury is moving really slow. Exactly. Okay. So when does when does he clear the four Taurus? Twentieth uh, uh, May. Uh, Sorry, the twentieth of May. Okay, so that's perfect. Actually, so we have that full moon kind of. It's bringing that up, that polarity. We bring in that Scorpio energy, and then we get another week to clear it out. Yes, clear it out, and then we're yeah, heading into definitely. June. I haven't even. I mean, God, there's so much going even, on June is these next few months. Story. June is that horrible eclipse, but. Yeah. Oh, I haven't even looked into that, but oh, yeah. okay, maybe we shouldn't get so ahead of ourselves. We can stop on this. Yes, Mercury yeah. and Taurus is like, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, slow down, slow, slow down. Slow down, slow down. Let's just stay with where we are now. Yes. Stay with where we are, because no, there is a lot changing, and you could turn something around, guys. Yes, it's true. You could turn something around, and there's a lot more potential in things. Turn it around, slow it down. Like, we have to slow it down to turn it around. Yes. You can't do a sharp turn. You'll yeah. crash. Oh, yeah. Go off the cliff. Yes. Good metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Mercury and Taurus likes metaphors, right? It's very poetic. I think so. It's very poetic. I think so. Well, my brother's always telling me to speak in met- metaphors. Uh, yeah. I love that he was the one that reminded you of the retrograde, too. Oh, I'm, I love it. I love it. And my brother and me have pretty good like astrological connections so it's if if he wasn't a Scorpio maybe he would have let me record our conversations but (laughs) he's a Scorpio okay oh Oh, yeah yeah he's a Scorpio with sun conjunct Uranus oh like yeah he's a Scorpio (laughs) nice Uh, so you have you're having that same kind of banter now having the Scorpio Taurus banter of the Mercury well, I'm and so yeah. I love talking to you. So I we should definitely do this again. Sometime. Let's do it again. We will absolutely. Maybe we'll do. You know what? Why don't we plan to do it on the other side? Why don't we plan to do follow up that. so we could talk about what's happened on our journeys? So we'll plan to reconvene in May. Maybe we could do it around the Scorpio full moon. Let's do it. Yeah, I'll see be how in, it goes. I'll be in Morocco, but I'll have internet. We'll oh yes, it. yes, we'll do yes. It. Okay, okay, fine. We'll we'll figure it out. I think but that great. sounds no, let's good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. But um, I don't know if that's a good note to leave everyone. That's the last thing we should say. Yeah. I think maybe, you know, we'll just invite people to leave their um, comments and how, you know, any insights they might want to share about their own experience as we're moving in. I mean, we're we're, now, of course, we're just trying to anticipate what might come. Yes. And times around the Mercury retrograde, you know, station will always bring information to the surface. Yes. So be grateful for what you're learning, even if it make, you know, it's, it's just, it's important. Whatever's coming up is important information. Listen and learn. Listen. Yeah. Listen. Deep, deep, a time of deep listening. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Shireen. This was really, really fun. I hope everyone gets something out of it. Me too. Me too. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) All right. Ta-da for now. Ta-da for now.